I sat, gazing at the feeble flicker of fading flames, hypnotised by the ebbing embers which littered the smoky grate. In complete stillness, I listened to the fury of the autumnal night air as it screamed between the rafters of the house. It had been a vile night, the rain having besieged us with a torrent of water for many hours now, and without any sign of breaking any time soon. Behind me on the windowsill sat a festering jack-o'-lantern, its darkening skin having already begun to warp and rot. It glared emptily out of the window with a curdling scowl and heavy, disfigured eyes, the candle itself having extinguished itself some time ago. An overspilling bowl of sweet treats had been placed beside it, but they had remained untouched. It appeared that the elements had been too much for anyone even for infant ghouls and ghosts with a particularly sweet tooth. It was a night for the dead indeed, though it is anything but silent as the grave. The house itself, I had found, was played with eldritch creaks and groans. I had been listening to the desperate moans coming from the floorboards above my head through a cycle of chimes now, hoping in earnest they would eventually subdue and settle as the night wore on. To my concern, however, the ferocity of the noises increased, and they soon became unbearable. I cradled my head between my trembling arms in anguish, trying to block out my ears, fearful of what I resolutely believed was something ominous prowling around upstairs. It was at that moment that the clock struck two and broke me out my fearful idleness, and I found the sudden resolve to go and investigate these disturbing creaks for myself. I walked slowly towards the stairs, my hand hovering over the handle of a shovel which had been placed neatly by the front door. I thought better of it, however, now somewhat clearer in my thinking, it was my inclination that my mind was in fact diseased by illusions of a fantastical nature, and that the mysterious sounds were a mere result of an overactive imagination. With nervous trepidation I treaded lightly making my way carefully to the top of the rickety stairs as the creaks droned on unrelentingly. I grasped the handrail tight, my knuckles turning white with fear with the effort as I hauled myself up, pausing only when I reached the final step. I found myself, instinctively, pressing my clammy back against the hard wall as to hide me from whatever potential horror lay just around the corner. I stifled my anxious breath with a sweaty palm as I listened to the chilling creaks. Thickly, I had again convinced myself that there was indeed something despicable up here, creeping along the corridor towards where I hid. My eyes widened, the growing terror that had rooted itself in my stomach, as the creaks of the floorboard slowed and elongated as the monster approached. A sudden and unexpected burst of journey convulsed me forward, however, and I threw myself around the corner with such furore that I let out an involuntary, wavering war cry. I stumbled back immediately, full of dread, as I was greeted by a withered and cadiverous face formed of nothing more than hollow orifices. His appearance was one of a harrowed decrepitness that made my spine run cold, better suited to a morgue than this house. My cries turned quickly to agony, however, as I realised that this ghastly face was in fact my own reflected in a mirror which hung lopsidedly on a wall at the far end of the landing. Steadying myself, I gazed upon my taut, jaundice-afflicted skin which tightly gripped my skull. 
I knew I had been overcome by various afflictions as of late, but only now did I realise the full reality of my plight. I had aged beyond my years, and there was no excuse for my paranoid-driven foolishness, and I scolded myself as I would have done a child. The creaks stopped abruptly, and there was clearly nothing I wouldn't have expected loitering between the bedroom doors. I knocked my head firmly against the wall, trying to dislodge the troubles that beset my clearly diseased mind this evening. I returned downstairs to my fireside seat. I gave the embers a stubborn prod with the poker, trying to instill a sense of life into them once more. It was a flash of brilliant burnt orange light, but nothing more. The coals quickly suffusing back to their subdued, dim glow. With heavy eyelids, I turned to the lamp beside me and pulled the cord, plunging the room into almost perfect darkness. Dropping the poker onto the floor, adrenaline gave way to sleep. I found myself awoken. I only felt like moments later by the steady chimes of the clock, its tolls reverberating around the room. Again, I sat motionless, noticing that the howl of the formerly tempestuous wind was now nothing more than a mere whisper. Only the gentle pat of the occasional solitary raindrop could I hear against the window panes. The night had finally stilled. I sat in the darkness, the room now absent of lights, and listened to my quivering breath, still raspy and heavy from my earlier fright. It would be fair to say that my heart was not entirely settled as of yet. The fire spluttered, a desperate agonal breath which sent a spark dancing and spiralling into the air. After a moment of bright brilliance, it fell slowly and gracefully like a lethargic shooting star, gradually disappearing into obscurity. The silence was punctured by a sinister sound, an incessant grating scratching suddenly filled the void. Caught off guard. Perturbed by the sudden noise, I fumbled slightly as I reached instinctively to my side. The room suddenly doused in the dreary and pathetic amber light of the lamp. I turned cautiously in my chair, peeking out from above the warm backrest and looked towards the front door from where this coarse noise appeared to be resonating from. It was not loud, but it was furious, akin to the sound of wasps etching their way through plasterboard or cockroaches scuttling beneath the floorboard. Intensity grew rapidly as I cowered, and soon I could hear a sickening splintering as what must have been ferociously sharp claws gouging at the door. The hinges, too, were soon rattling as the scratching became ever more desperate and frenzied. It became quickly apparent that the door was not going to hold for much longer. Fearing for my safety, I made a hasty retreat. I slid myself onto the floor as I scrambled and dragged my body into the kitchen, shutting the door closed behind me creating a crude and rudimentary barrier between me and whatever monstrosity was trying to force itself into the house. As I leant back, I plunged my hand into a soft and slushy substance beside me. I could not see what my fingers had delved into. The light which crept out from under the door was totally useless and provided no benefit for my eyes, rendering me effectively blind. I therefore hesitantly my hand to my lips and found the taste and smell wholly unpleasant. Some vague description of animal food had appeared. I wiped the remnants against my trouser leg, fiddled around inside my trouser pockets, 
eventually locating the small torch I had attached to a keyring. I looked around the room and noticed, there on the floor, shards of broken glass was corticated in the torch's ailing light. I paused for a moment as the sudden scratching suddenly ceased, my attention quickly drawn back to my revoltant potent hand. Of course! It was obviously the bloody cat, stuck outside and desperate to get back in. Agitated with my irrationality, I sought to sober my mind quickly and so delivered a firm, sting-inducing slap to the side of my cheek. Pulling myself up from the pathetic position I'd put myself in, I made my way to the front door and flung it open, expecting an undoubtedly bedraggled-looking creature to rush past me and into the relative warmth of the house. But no. No such creature emerged from within the cold, bleak darkness. I looked then towards the bottom of the door next to where I stood, expecting to see a series of deep, vicious-looking slashes in the wood as a result of the manic and frantic scratching I had heard, yet no mark or blemish could I see. Curious, I thought as I went back inside the home and closed the door gently. It was not as if I liked cats anyway, truth be told. The rotten thing could stay outside for all I cared, more fool him. Wearily, I wandered back into the kitchen, grinding and crushing the fragmented glass beneath my heavy boots. Flickering on the light, I floundered over to the sink and spat in the bowl. I watched as droplets of water, which rhythmically fell from the tap, mixed with my expectorated phlegm, and formed some murky, miscible liquid. The gentle drip suddenly became a deluge as I turned the valve towards me. I ran my dirtied hands under the warming stream, the water turning brown with the grime and muck which had accumulated within the crevices of my palms and underneath my fingernails throughout the day. The kitchen was soon full of evaporating steam as the heat from the water mixed with the cool air of the room, and soon enough my vision was clouded by a milky, eerie fog. I kept my hands still enjoying the warmth running through them. And slowly, my eyes closed. Finally, suddenly, <laughs> clamorous thud from somewhere unseen in the room. Blinded by the fog, I leapt back, startled, hitting my head on the line of copper pans which had been strung up behind me. Blinking through the tears of shock and tingling pain, I looked desperately, searching for the source of this phantom clangor. Walking hesitantly forward, I waved my arms wildly in front of me in a vain attempt to disperse the water vapour which surrounded me when, to my horror, I spied a diminished looking figure appear from within the gloom, standing just outside the rear door. As I approached, his head turned slowly to face me, Stygian eyes gazing at me through the mist. All I could do was stare back, helplessly, aghast. His appearance was so perished that this monster appeared sexless, but there was no doubt that his face was contorted and twisted in a desperate pain. A crippled, pallid hand was held up against what was left of the glass pane which had formed part of the door. A shrill and piercing scream rang out as the creature pushed its shriveled and decaying arm through the remainder of the fractured glass, lacerating its grey, lifeless flesh as it did so. 
as heavy clots of blood spilled out of its veins and onto the floor, I too cried out, damning this demon to whatever pit of hell it dragged itself out from. I swiped at it with whatever items came ready to my hand as I groped blindly in the fog, eventually launching a kettle at the macabre limbs I yelled madly. Scalding water flew around the room as finally the creature's hand disappeared back from where it had come. As the heavy mist began to part and fall away, I moved tentatively forward. The beast itself, with its wicked soul, I was relieved to see, had gone, seemingly swallowed by the darkness of the night and hopefully driven back to some wretched abyss deep within the caverns of my mind. Undoubtedly, I had become truly infested by spirits now. The excitement of the Halloween holiday, no doubt a driving force between the sudden madness I was experiencing. These spectral illusions were becoming more tangible with each apparition, however, and I was beginning to fear that soon I would not be able to differentiate between reality and nightmare at all, given the insanity that I appeared to be delving into with some haste. Maybe I myself had become possessed by some foul spirit, that much I did not doubt. Shaking, I poured myself a glass of fire water in an attempt to steady my frayed nerves. Returned again to the chair where I collapsed by the nowden fire. I sat there for an indiscernible amount of time, overcome by a tired stupor, and again to my frustration I was stirred by the booming chimes of the clock. Time seemed to be grossly accelerating the longer the night wore on, and I knew soon I would have to get going before the light of the new day could stretch over the horizon and cast its radiating glow over my wretched soul. Not yet, though. No. There was still time. The house appeared to have settled. And I, too, began to find comfort. Even solace in the silence. The creaks, the moans, and the ghostly apparitions which had tormented me earlier in the night appeared to have subdued. Leaning back, stifling a yawn, I looked up at the ceiling, just as a single drop of liquid fell from between a crack in the plaster, landing in a glass of water beside me. Letting my head lop to the side, I watched as a sprawling funnel of brownie-orange liquid plummeted down to the bottom of the glass, forcing the rest of the colourless liquid to part as the droplet began to mix and swirl with the rest of the water. I took the glass in my hand and swilled its contents gently until all the water had adopted this brown, stodgy-looking tinge. Without hesitation, I downed the liquid, swishing it between my teeth, relishing it in its intriguing taste. With my head raised... The glass resting against my lips, I watched as a rich crimson stain began to spread itself across the ceiling, like deep bloody veins dancing across an alcoholic's bruise-like blotted face. I felt then, for the first time in many hours, a wry and rare smile form on my thin, damp lips. The putrefaction process had always fascinated me and I was grateful for the lack of any fetid stench on this occasion. I rose from my chair and let the glass fall from between my fingertips, hardly noticing the resulting smash which sent glass flying and dispersing across the floor. Pulling on my heavy coat, I looped and pulled my thick woolen scarf tight around my neck, 
ready to brace myself against the chill of the early morning air. Opening the door, I took the shovel in my hand and stepped decisively out into the fresh morning air. It was time to dig the graves. Inside the Darkness was an original piece, written and performed by Alec Fraud. And that, as they say, is that. Hello, ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, creatures, beasties, ghouls, ghosts, and everything else in between. How are you? I hope that you're all doing very, very well. It's Alex here, just me, I'm afraid. So you're going to have to listen to my dulcet tones for just a couple more minutes. Obviously, if you don't want to, you can just turn off the podcast. That, that is your choice. But I have some exciting news, so please, I beg you just to stay here for just one, two more minutes. First of all, though, I just want to say thank you very much for tuning in and listening to my story, Inside the Darkness. I hope that you enjoyed it, and I also hope that it terrified you, at least sometimes. This is just, uh, I suppose, bonus material for the podcast. Chris and I appreciate that we haven't been able to put out any new material for a little while. Unfortunately, as is the way of life, other things have got in the way. Um, but we just wanted to put something out, especially because it's coming up to Halloween, one of our favourite times of the year. So, um, yeah, I really hope you enjoyed the story. But it's actually what, we, what we've what been up to, or what Chris has actually been up to in this case, that I wanted just to talk to you about. So very, very excitingly, my dear friend Chris has uh, put together a, a performance. Uh, it's called Stop It, and uh, it's actually being performed uh, at the end of this month, between the 29th and the 31st of October, so over three days. Um, and as I said, it's a performance called Stop It, and it's been described as a meta-immersive horror experience that's dying to be stopped. Now, it's part of the London Horror Festival, so uh, you can tell that it's going to be terrifying, and uh, immersive theatre and scary stuff is something that Chris uh, sort of specialises in with his acting. So, uh, a little bit more information about it. Tickets are only £15, which I think is very, very reasonable compared to some of the prices that you see these days. Um, and if you are interested in finding out more about it or want to book your tickets, you can find out more information uh, on their website. So if you go to space.org.uk forward slash event forward slash stop hyphen it, you can find out more about it, more about Chris, all very exciting stuff. And as I said, it's part of the London, London, what am I talking about? The London Horror Festival. And if you want to find out more about that, go to londonhorrorfestival.co.uk. But yeah, please go and check it out. It's going to be good. Chris is very talented and I'm I'm sure I think this is one of the first things that he's actually put together that's going to be performed in this way. So it's, it's, it's all very exciting and it's going to be amazing. I have absolutely no doubt. As I said, called Stop It. And if you're into your immersive horror, uh, especially around this time of year, it being Halloween, please, please, please go and check it out. So that's it. That's all I've got to say. Um, I am going to leave you now. Uh, I hope that you have a absolutely terrifying Halloween and have a lot of good fun dressing up and all sorts of things. We will have a new podcast out for you soon. We've got a couple of scripts ready, very funny scripts, uh, weird and wonderful stories to share with you. Uh, but until then, look after yourselves, and I shall speak to you soon. Goodbye. <laughs>